Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our next Fireside Chat. I'm Anthony Smith, Chief Economist here at Freighters, and I have the privilege and the honor to be talking with Sean Lidecker. And so we are in for an incredible conversation. You are the CEO and founder of Loyalty Logistics. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Or should I say, uh, is it bonjour? Bonjour. Bonjour, ça va? Yes, French, <laughs> English, uh, Spanish, a little bit. A little bit, okay, yeah, okay. Definitely. So let's get into that because we're looking at loyalty. One of the big things is that you have a footprint, not just in the U.S., but really throughout the world a little bit. That is very accurate. Um, essentially, I'm based out of Montreal. Okay. Our corporate is based out of uh, Chicago, Addison, Illinois. Uh, my partner works pretty much out of there to manage our equipment that is separate to Loyalty Logistics. But, uh, you know, COVID faced a lot of challenges for us, um, but it also represented a lot of opportunities for us to expand. Um, so, yeah, we have offices in Bogota, Colombia, uh, Monterey, Mexico, uh, most recently Guadalajara, um, as well as we have some staff located in um, India as well as Spain. And, and the thing that we got to a little uh, chat about is because I was interested, of course, in the name around loyalty. And I was going to ask you what what's behind it. But I think it kind of speaks for itself when you got to talking about your views on how to run a company, how to really organize and really get behind your people. Can you talk to some of that aspects of really what you're bringing to the industry and really what's going on between your four walls at loyalty? Well, I'm happy you asked that question, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're a younger brokerage company. We've been open since February of 2017. Um, obviously, as a, a young brokerage company, we had to follow the paths kind of pre-laid out by our predecessors. Um, we made a decision January of this year that um, we're strong, we're confident, and we really embodied the culture inside of, of our four walls, but we wanted to share it with the world. Um, so first step was to remove the word logistics, because essentially at the end of the day, we're loyal to all of our shipping partners, more specifically our employees. Um, as well, there tends to be a negative staple just to the word logistics when you're approaching potential shipping partners. Um, automatic defenses go up. So again, we're more than just a logistics company. We, a full service um company. And I think that's something that's that's maybe lost. I mean, of course, I'm all for freight tech. I think efficiency is the big thing that everyone is looking for, especially in this current freight environment. I think at the end of all of it, that human aspect kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Sometimes we're just, all right, let's just focus and hone in on margins. But really, there's some other aspects that go into that human side that also are going to be maybe not so much focused on the price that you're pulling in or the money that you're pulling in, but it's going to have impacts on your margin. Just for example, churn, it costs a lot of money sometimes when you have a low retention rate and now you have to kind of go out there, look to recruit, fill another role. And now you're going and, and there's foregone profit potentially. You talk to some of that other aspect of really being able to at least have a high retention rate or being able to hold in, you know, your talent and not just kind of having to chase margins nonstop and really start to leak in other places. Well, I mean, um, I'm happy to announce, I mean, our uh, employee retention rate is 94%. 
Um, and the reason that I truly believe why we have such a high retention rate with our employees um, is that we value our employees from intern to owner. Um, we have open door policies where, I mean, the newest member of our company can send me a message at 2 a.m. and I will answer it. Um, I also like to lead by example. Um, I don't like to be in the general booth. I'd rather be on the front line with my staff and get my hands dirty. Um, at the same time, the way we look at it is that if my staff is happy and they have a clear vision of their own success within our organization, they'll be able to extend that same passion and devotion to our shipping partners. And that's not just uh, shippers or manufacturers, that's our carriers. Um, at the end of the day, if we don't have solid, trusted carrier partners, we're dead in the water. True. And then this is a relationship business at the end of the day as well. I think that also gets lost when we're looking at people trying to secure the highest rate on one side of the argument and then other people trying to secure the lowest rate on the other side of the logistics argument. So I think when we're looking at that relationship aspect, it goes such a long way. And I think that's a great example of when you have those individuals within your company that are happy, that are satisfied, that are passionate, they are gonna do that much more of a job or make sure that that partner, that that customer is gonna be satisfied because I can't tell you how many times I'm out there just in the world and people are doing the bare minimum. And I think it's also tied to because they don't feel any type of respect or representation or that the company has their back. So I'm sure that goes a long way. Can you also talk to how you build around success for your people, because I think that's another big one where you're thinking about, okay, what does success look like? And I'm sure it's different for every single person. That's very true. Um, and I won't lie. I mean, when I opened this company, I wanted all the, you know, the perks that come with a logistics sales, right? Or the idea and the concepts of an ownership of a logistics company, nice cars, flashy things. Um, I'm not going to lie, but, um, very quickly after opening our doors, um, the feeling of success came from seeing my staff bettering their lives securing properties, uh, traveling to see family that they hadn't seen in years. Um, that is meant more to me in the last six and a half years than any financial compensation this company can gather. Um, as well, we have crafted um, paths to success within our own, our own organization. So essentially any staff that comes in, we are going to tell them how to be successful in our organization. Um, but again, success is not for me to determine, right? Um, is it financial success? Is, is success finance or time? So we give all of our employees the option. You can choose to work a lot and make a lot of money or perhaps not make as much money, but have the freedom of time or perhaps a combination of the both. Right. And I think that that's another thing that kind of goes far of how much effort some people are putting towards something is okay. When you have that tie to of like, I know if I put in the additional work, there's going to be something for me on the other side, because I think there's just been so much this incentivization of putting in that additional effort because there's no encouragement. There's nothing on the other side. But I think when you're seeing the payoff of putting in that additional work or that additional hour or helping out your coworkers, that makes all the world of a difference. Um, of course, when we're looking at this current freight environment, it's not ideal by any means. And so I'm curious to hear about 
some of the trends that you're seeing on your side and, and where you, of course, you, I think you said you have some operations in Mexico as well. What is that cross-border operations looking like? What are you seeing in terms of activity? Are you seeing any areas of opportunity that you're excited about going into the upcoming year? What's that all shipping up for you? I mean, 2024, as far as cross-border shipping, um, I can't even see that far. Um, there is a lot of nearshoring that is happening right now, specifically in Nueva León, um, where our primary offices are located. Um, a lot of manufacturers are, are moving their operations to the Mexican market um, and obviously taking advantage of the close proximity to the U.S. market. Um, obviously, we faced our fair share of challenges in the last two years, like everybody in this industry. Um, but the investment is there. The connections, the human connection is absolutely necessary to be successful in Mexico. And I think as we've launched and focused on our Mexican market, it's reaffirmed the necessity of bringing back the human connection in this industry. Um, at the end of the day, um, after COVID, you know, there's so much viable talent as far as logistics managers on the market um, that everybody needs to make sure that they trust their providers, right? Because when a shipper gives a shipment to a logistics company or a carrier, it's essentially they're risking their job. If something bad happens, and let's be honest, in logistics, if it always went well, we wouldn't be here. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, um, really what defines a logistics partner is is not just picking up a load and delivering it on time. It's managing the problems that happen in between. Um, at the end of the day, we can't control the trucks. We can't control uh, what happens on the roads. But we can at least ensure to be transparent with our customers, tell them what's going on. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it's not well received. But it, it is what it is, and we have to work together to find a solution. And what advice would you have for, for those leaders in the space right now that, okay, they're navigating through this market? I'm sure you have, you're no stranger to the logistics space. You've seen so many cycles, of course, up, down, the ones that just never seem to end. Um, it kind of seems like we're in one of those right now. What advice would you have for those leaders right now that are trying to navigate this current market condition and really trying to encourage or get behind, get their team behind them in order to really kind of make it to that next business phase within the logistics sector? Well, I think, um, you know, I've been doing this now 17 years um, and I've seen a lot of ups and downs and all the rounds. Um, it is a very hard, challenging market right now. Um, and the only, I guess, suggestion I could say is hunker down, you know, get your hands dirty, um, work with your team on the front lines, understand the struggles that they're facing on a daily basis. If it's operations, if it's marketing, if it's sales, um, we as leaders have to find a very um, delicate line between working smart and working hard. But obviously in the lower times in logistics, you know, we, I personally have to shift right now to working hard on the normal business hours and working smart after hours. Yeah, I think that's another big one. We're talking about um, those after hours is where I think a lot of times things fall between the cracks. You know, um, I know when I have seen things on the drainage side or when I'm looking at things on the international side, there's just some things that just don't happen that don't go according to plan. 
um, and this long drawn out process from time to time. When you're looking at um, different markets of opportunity, and of course we talked about some things that are happening in, in cross-border, are there any subsectors of the overall macroeconomy that you're looking at that's a little bit more optimistic in terms of overall activity, whether it's maybe consumer facing um, with uh, consumer goods, or maybe it's uh, uh, pet food or something like that. Are there any segments that you're seeing that there's going to be, or, or that there is currently a little bit more activity in, in terms of volume or that you're optimistic about? I mean, any commodities that's obviously tech-centered right now that supports the tech industry is booming. Um, tech is an absolute necessity, specifically in our industry right now. Uh, you know, Cargo um, theft, um, illegal operations are at their peak at this point, um, and we need more evolving techs to protect us. So as the necessity for tech um, increases, obviously as well, the manufacturing that's associated with that is there. But I do have to, you know, I have to remind myself that um, what was, I was going to say is essentially, you know, even if we move towards a tech focused industry, um, you know, the spreadsheets, the excels, the documentations, the trackings don't move freight. Right. It's trucks moving freight. It's humans moving freight. And we got to make sure that we keep that near and dear to our hearts. I think that's a great point. I think that's, that's, that's an aspect that we're starting with. And I think it's a perfect place to end with there is just making sure you're keeping that human aspect involved at all times, because this is a relationship industry. I'm hoping everyone is getting a lot of networking done because that's what these things are all about. And really being able to drink, bring that back home and really foster those relationships, not just now when things are, are rough, but really when you know we see a turn in this market overall. And so Sean, thank you so much for your time. And for those that maybe wanna reach out to you, learn a little bit more about loyalty, how can I do that? Um, obviously I'm available 24 hours a day. Uh, our website is the best way to go. Uh, our social media, um, take a look, hashtag why loyalty. Um, and again, I'm an open book. Um, I'm willing to discuss and share with anybody and, uh, have open conversations about all the, the trials and tribulations that we're facing right now. Uh, thanks so much for your time and appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it.